Hello, my name is Anna, also known as That Wonder Chick. And today's episode of the Wonder and Wonder podcast, we have another special interview with a very important person for me. Today I introduce Fabian Cuellar, editor and literature savvy. Fabian and I will talk about literature and travel. Yes, you heard it right. Literature and travel. People enjoy visiting places where they can revive their favorite stories. They can visit the bird sites or the hometowns of their favorite authors or the places that influence and inspire authors to write. Literature tourism has a wide range of dimensions. According to researchers Smith, McLeod and Hart, literature tourism is motivated by the interest in an author, a literary creation or setting, or the literary heritage of a destination. Literature tourism draws from the relationship between writing, place and cultural tourism. This form of tourism has been a strategy for countries to conserve traditional cultures, develop new cultural resources, and to create a cultural image that can attract and cater for the cultural tourist. Some countries and even city councils have exploited fictional stories to create tourism and brand their cities. A very clear example of this is Woody's Allen's Vicky Cristina Barcelona or Midnight in Paris, which gave a massive, massive marketing branding strategy to the cities to attract tourism. Like I said before in a blog entry, tourism and fictional stories, those written and those developed for the big screen, well, they go very well together. And this is because they both create a consumable experience. Even if the place doesn't exist, tourism can develop a destination to experience those places unreachable, if not only by imagination. Imagine traveling to El Macondo de Gabriel García Márquez in Colombia, which, fun enough, you actually can. El Macondo was based on a normal lifestyle of a place called Aracataca, next to Santa Marta in Colombia. And a funny fact about this is that there was actually an initiative to rename Aracataca to El Macondo to bring some tourism revenue. But at the referendum, the local inhabitants decided to keep Aracataca as their name. There are other places that have emerged and were created for, from fictional stories which have grown to be a massive tourism influx. For example, Hobbiton in New Zealand. Literature tourism brings in tourism revenue to places and people, but there are other issues to consider. Is literature tourism shaping the ideas and interests of the general public by iconizing places? How does the commodification of this culture work? Has that led to an unfair economic empathy around the world? For example, when a site suffers a tragedy, does it prioritize the sites that have a better marketing strategy? How does literature impact the economic distribution of wealth to care for specific sites before others? In the following interview, Fabian and I discuss some of these issues in regards to literature and the tourism industry and how it has impacted on cultural heritage sites. Welcome, Fabian. How are you? Thank you for having us. Hi, everyone. Thank you for inviting me, Anna. I'm no. glad I can be of some help around. Yes, for sure. We, I really like the stuff that you do. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you guys what Fabian does in a little bit. Or actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Right. Um, I'm a writer and an editor. Uh, I like uh, to write mainly about uh, publishing and books. And um, mainly I, I like talking about culture also. It's a... Uh, something that it's important for me and something I try to uh, to maintain in my life, like learning and doing things related with culture. Well, Fabian, um, and well, he's, he's actually a really good friend of mine, 
but he's also my teacher. I, I, he gave me a, I was in one of his courses on creative writing a couple of years ago. And he just has this amazing gift of writing. I really like what he writes. And obviously, just as he said, he likes to publish about like um, culture and books. And I like your your critics, especially. They're, it, it's good. It's always good to invite people to this podcast who have a, per, a different perspective and are not afraid to state what they think. Um, respectfully, obviously, but it, it's, so, it's so good to have people around. Like that. So thank you so much, Fabian. This is so good to have you. Thank, thank you, Anna. So yeah, like I said, Fabian writes critiques, and I'm gonna leave his link to this article he wrote. Uh, was like a few months ago, uh, yeah. so that people can read it. Uh, it's in Spanish though, so people, if you want to practice your Spanish, it's in Spanish. However, the article was really good. It was about Notre Dame's. Uh, you know, burning a couple of months ago and the value of culture, culture referencing Victor Hugo. So in this article, you mentioned how the number of visits to Notre Dame compared to the Rio de Janeiro National Museum could tell us a lot in regards to the importance and interest in rebuilding each site. So what do you think of literature making these sites more important than others in, in terms of tourism? I think it's not uh, like a, a fair comparison because uh, literature can make some places or some people more famous than others. So uh, Notre Dame, it's clearly a, like a subject of many books and many histories, many stories, sorry. Uh, so I think there's no comparison between Notre Dame and the Rio de Janeiro Museum that burned also like a year ago. Uh, the comparison goes be because both of them have like a, a link between them. Both were affected by fire mm -hmm. and uh, both are historical places. But uh, literature may make uh, Notre Dame more important than people that read mainly uh, Victor Hugo book, Victor Hugo book about, uh, I don't know what's the name in English. But the one about Notre Dame, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, that that's making like drawing drawing a lot of attention on Notre Dame. So when people travel, they visit these places that that they already know from books. Maybe uh, Notre Dame is one one example. Maybe uh, now that Harry Potter is so famous, a lot of people go to this train station in London to to see where uh, the the platform nine and three quarters is so it's I, I understand that it's important for people to know where does these stories have place yeah so it, literature is, is like uh, giving them reasons to travel also right yeah exactly so do you think do you think in the in the in the article is it the love for Notre Dame the true reason for its fast action and revealed or is it more like the nostalgia of, you know, all, for example, this book, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, or for example, Disney, that made people react so fervently? Well, yes, I think uh, it has to be. It has to do with pop culture. Pop culture. Uh, yes, I mean, people that read these books and then maybe they, uh, as we talked uh, earlier, 
these books then became movies most of the times and then the thing that was like an, a great uh, character of a book even if it was a place becomes a greater place and a greater uh, character when it becomes a movie so people create this like I think it's fake idea of importance of some place just because they know it from a book and then from a movie or from a TV show so I, I, I was like a bit upset when the Notre Dame uh, fire uh, occurred yeah. because all the people were, were like uh, posting pictures on Facebook and Instagram about how, how they were uh, in Notre Dame months before or years before the fire and I think that was like a, just another uh, way of showing around that they can travel and that, that they can be in some places some people don't can't be right mm-hmm. i don't i don't think they really read even the victor hugo book i don't think they love that places as much as they say but i think it's like uh, trendy to be there because it's a famous place you know yeah so so yeah no yeah so i think it's like uh the Rio de Janeiro Museum is as, as important because it has like uh, some items that have millions of years old of, of age, mm-hmm. but no one cares of it because it's not as famous as Notre Dame. So I think I think it's kind of hypocrite how people uh, make this important or, or less important, right? Yeah, true. But then you said that it's Notre Dame in a way was more, let's say, not important, but like it was more, the reaction was stronger because of literature and also because of this idea of people taking, you know, the selfies and acknowledging like, oh yeah, I've been in Paris and I was in Notre Dame and just maybe became an icon more of, you know, than maybe, obviously we're talking about, like you said, it's not a fair comparison, obviously, because also Rio de Janeiro is not a destination that people are easily going to. Right. I mean, it is because it's a massive, iconic yeah. city, no? But then, Paris is not, not as big. Yeah, exactly. And then there's other factors in Rio that obviously influences a person's decision to, to go there instead of going to Paris, right? right. Uh, but yeah, I guess the truth is that um, we live in a world where meaning has an economic value, I guess. And the symbolism and meaning has influenced the community. Uh, commodi- of culture, especially in the tourism in- industry. So icons like Notre Dame or, I don't know, even the Eiffel Tower or, I don't know, imagine if another big icon would, would suffer the same fate. I wonder how much literature has influenced people to actually travel there. Like you said, there's the difference between the people who've read the book, uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame and know the story, or I mean, it's a story, right? But it's such an iconic story. It's, it's a very old one. It has been made into books and plays and... Not books, sorry. Movies and plays and over and over again. Even Disney has its own version. Uh, so I just wonder if literature and then its later versions of Hollywood have encouraged the minds of people to visit these places so they can compare their imaginations to the real tangible experience. I don't know, is there, are there any places that you've read about in literature that you want to go for some reason or, or? 
I would, uh, literature has a huge impact on what people uh, wants to visit or why they want to travel. Uh, I was thinking a few days ago about this because they all say that millennials and younger generations are the most willing to travel compared with, uh, I'm, I, I don't want to say older, but previous generations. So I guess fiction, not only in literature, but also like in movies and TV, fiction has a great uh, importance on when people make decisions to, to travel. I guess even movies, mainly movies, because books are less uh, famous than movies. I mean, a movie can be watched by millions and millions of people around the world. Mm-hmm. And a book maybe just gets some few million readers when it's really, really a good book, right? So I think fiction itself, it's making people to wonder how some places are. Maybe you've never know what uh, Marek- Morocco looks like, mm-hmm. but then you read this book and you say, well, I want to see how it is because this writer make me like, um, make me want to know, want to experience this, right? Yeah. So. I think literature makes a, a great deal on that, mm-hmm. and also it's like the the first uh, like window to to know these places because of course you are born in one country and maybe if nothing uh, incredible happens you may stay there for several years, but then you open a book or you watch a movie or you watch a TV series that happens somewhere else, and you see maybe something that uh, draws you draws your attention. For example, when I was a kid, I always watched these like um, cartoons that were set in Egypt, and I wanted to visit the 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 Sphinx, right? Yeah. What so, was the cartoon? Sorry. <laughs> I, I I can remember the name, but but I also always always I watched this uh, enormous sculpture of the Sphinx, and I was like, I wanna I wanna go there. Then I grew up and I I lost interest. But as a kid, maybe I would, if if someone asked me, I would say I would like to go to to Egypt, right? Yeah. So I I think it's like literature and fiction is a a first window where people can meet the world because there's no other way. If you're not traveling every day, there's no other way you can uh, meet new cultures or new places, but with a book and with fiction and with movies. So I guess it's very, very important how this fiction can uh, make us want to go around the world. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, it was like maybe two years ago. Oh my God, it's been two years ago since I wrote a little piece of uh, a blog, which I'll leave the link as well in in the website. Um, and I and I was talking about the effect of movies in the travel industry, like for example, the movie you know Wild, where pe- uh, people saw the movie and they wanted to walk the PC trek, you know, you, they wanted to go from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada, and then, yeah. or for example, they wanted to do their own on the road experience or into the wild, you know, sort of of thing. I wonder if we could ever experience travel in the same way the authors did, or the authors kind of wrote these amazing experiences because uh, people want to travel and experience more than more than go well I think maybe there's two kinds of of fiction based travel one is they want to experience and you know a, I don't know a life-changing event that will change them from one place to another one like the the, 
the wild movie or into the wild, you know, that it's more of an experience of the self. And then there's another kind that they want to experience the places where the, where the movies or the books were, you know, but we'll talk about that later. But in this first, this first study out, they want to experience having uh, an experience of the self. Imagine going, for example, if, if, if you guys know a little bit of Latin American um, literature, going to Comala, no, like Juan Rulfo, or I don't know, like something very surreal. Uh, if you were to choose a place in that literature has described, where would you go? Mm, you you mentioned Comala, and I guess it's a a great place. Yeah. Not great in a in a funny fancy way, but like there's all this mystery around that that made up place. It's dark and it's like uh, there's this all kind of ghosts around. Yeah. Of course. It, it doesn't exist like that, but when you read Juan Rulfo, you wonder how this place is. You think like, wow, so this is like a, a really dry place. There's nothing to do there. Everyone is like, uh, every character that is appearing in the story, it's like uh, so mysterious and talks yeah. in a, like a, a enigmatic way. Mm-hmm. So you wanna you wanna know how it is, and it, I think it happens also with Macondo of mm-hmm. Gabriel Garcia Marquez, which is like some people already have like relate the story of Macondo, that is a fictional city, with the the city where Garcia Marquez was born. But I, I think still there's like all this magic around what the author uh, creates with its city, right? It's not like just the the city that the the writer makes is not just streets and not just like uh, some geographic uh, characteristics, but it's more like the magic that it puts in it, the things that happen in the city. So in some way, when you read a book and you relate to it, you want to travel to see if anything of that can be kind of kind of true, right? Yeah. It, even when you visit uh, the nine three quarters platform, mm. you want to see. Of course, you're gonna like crash into a wall if you <laughs> if you run <laughs> to it. But you would like to think that be- behind that wall, there's like this parallel platform where uh, where where uh, magic happens. Not, yeah, where magic happens, right? I guess I guess that's the beauty of 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 literature. You know, like it really creates magic around something that you know, like the normal the, the 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 real the normal and then literature can just like embed magic into it and impute all these amazing stories into it i think it's and obviously obviously hollywood does does the same right but it's just basically giving you the the, the image to that magic that the authors incredibly describe when they're writing right right um, yeah i wonder when i was i was writing down the questions that i wanted to ask you I wouldn't know where I want to go if if I had that that if somebody would ask me where would you go if you if you were able to experience one of the places you've read about. I mean, like you said, Comala is is obviously a non-existent place, but yeah, you can completely imagine it in your mind, and and everybody has different imaginations. I don't know if there's a movie of of Pedro Paramo. Is it? Is that? I'm not sure. There's I think there's one or two Mexican movies about it, but. Um, they were too weird. <laughs> I, I haven't watched them, so I'm not sure if they are like uh, faithful to the book. Yeah. But 
but um, I, I guess also like a movie already chooses one main way to depict the book, right? Yeah. Because true. some people's like the di the director or the photographer of the movie take the chances to show you the way they picture things. So mm -hmm. I guess also if you have a book and then you have a movie, it's easier for the movie to prevail in your memory because there's like stronger images than your own images. So I, I understand when people don't like, they, they read a book that they love and then they don't want to watch the movie because they have their own images of it. And I guess that's very important. So I guess um, having like a, your own memory and your own way to picture and imagine a, a city or a place that was mentioned in a book, the most of the time is better because it's not being imposed by someone else. Yeah. Uh, but still, I, I was thinking the same as you. I don't have a place that I, I think I would like to visit from a book. But at the same time, there are many places that I would think I would like to visit. For example, I read a lot about a, a writer and songwriter and musician called uh, Chico Barque from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And his stories are mainly based on Brazilian cities. And it's not that, that the... There's not like uh, this made this made magic around it, but just the way he tells his story make the the place like interesting. But it's it's any city. I've been in in Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, and I've I've walked through some streets that appear in his book. But at the same time, it's not it's not the same place. Not the same, right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Because I've I've imagined it and pictured it in different ways. And the story and the way he tells the story makes it special. So it's nice to be where some of these stories happen, but at the same time, you, you get to realize that it's even better always in the book because it's, uh, I think the place is linked with a, with a story and with a character. So that makes it more important, not just walking through it or piecing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But then I think about, like, for example, last year I went to New Zealand and I... <laughs> I went to Hobbiton, right? Right. Uh, and it's one of those places where, I mean, I grew up reading The Lord of the Rings and, you know, it's such a wonderful, obviously fictional place. But then actually being in Hobbiton, it just like, I had a lot of mixed feelings because it was just incredibly, I mean, obviously it's the set of the movie. So I don't know, in that case, maybe the movie really, the movies all of them <laughs> portrayed a really I don't know I think they could convey very well the book with the with the f physical environment then again you know they selected the places specifically and they just made tried to make absolutely everything according to the book and to the imaginations of the author so they were trying to like really 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 show it as the author wanted to show it described it in the book yeah uh, so Yeah, I don't know. I, I I wonder of all these places that just, you know, after the, the books became movies and after the movies, they became a place like the shrine in Hobbiton. Right. Or, for example, I remember when I, 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 I was in Morocco and in the desert, they, they still have the, the sets of many, many movies, you know, like Ben-Hur and I don't know. I think there was one of um, maybe Indiana Jones. Oh, no, maybe that's too old. Um, but they had all these different sets, like just forgotten there in the desert and and you know and the people go there and and the locals say oh yeah well this is 
Troy, not the movie Troy. Here's one of the parts of the set, or and yes, there's just this this weird sort of traces of fiction left out around the world. Yes, and it's interesting that people, some people actually do travel for that. Like, I wonder if I wonder how, what's the the statistics of people traveling for that purpose, you know, for the purpose of fiction. I don't know if there's a, a static stats about that. I wonder. We, we should we should look for them because it's it's really interesting and I think I do think like fiction makes a great uh, a great amount of people decide to travel because as I told you before I think it's maybe you already know this any country or any city but then you realize that so that city that that, that city that you visited it's like link it to a book and then you realize that you want to visit it in another way like for example maybe before dan brown's books a lot of people went to rome or to paris and they just visit the common places and the uh the historical landmarks and the famous buildings and that's it yeah but then they see these movies and they read these books about uh da vinci's work or uh, bernini's work and they want to revisit the same city, but with another approach and another point of view. And they make these routes that are already like touristic routes, yeah. where they can uh, visit all the places that were mentioned in the book. So you, you go from one church to another, or from this museum to this other museum and churches, to see like how the, how the story uh, unfolds, right? Yeah. So I think I'm sure, I don't know the, stat, the stats neither, but I'm sure that fiction makes like a great deal for a lot of people who travel because it's like another reason to get out of your world. Yeah, exactly. Literature, just the same as travel, allows us to go somewhere else that is not our ordinary life. Right. Definitely. Right. And now we have the chance to really visit it, right? Because uh, as travel became like more in some ways accessible for more people i think it's like easier so people maybe can save money for some years but they finally will get to europe to, to do these routes of dan brown or to mm -hmm. london to visit the three the nine three course platform or to even like these open studios in hollywood that you can see where the films were made right because even that makes like even that is related to the fiction and to the things you you believe about what you see in movies and books. Yeah, exactly. And then there's there's this aspect that, that you mentioned, the Dan Brown, no? Um, the, I wonder, that that's another question I would have to, to investigate, but I wonder how, I don't know, if the authors are receiving some sort of, of you know, of, of, of the revenue that museums are making, you know, the I don't know, the Louvre, for example, they have the root of the Mona Lisa, no? In the Dan Brown a sort of yeah a fictional route um, yeah. and it's massive and you see all the people going through the Louvre just doing that sort of route to go to the Mona Lisa and then next play and then and it's a completely a thematic tour and yeah it's 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 incredible how these be bestsellers and then you know blockbuster movies can actually change the the route of 
a museum. And it's important. I mean, we're talking about the Louvre. Obviously, people go to that museum. I wonder, right. I wonder sometimes I, I do feel like there's a really big part of tourism that do not go to museums anymore. Or they would go, but it's more about this idea of I've been there. Like you said in the Notre Dame case, like I've been there, selfie, Instagram, here I am. I'm a traveler, you know? Uh, but I guess that, that's a good thing about fictions. I mean, like if, if they're encouraging people to actually go to museums, even if it is in a, in a specific way of how the author portrays the museum or what happened or this magic thing that happened that obviously didn't but you know I think in that one way it's it's a good thing and then on the other side is like oh my god it's so it's consumed you know like we're again in the circle of consuming everything you know all these different versions of consumption um, I don't know I wonder if this 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 way makes tourism more sustainable in terms of you know a travel experiences if if it's actually I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess if, I guess it is. I guess it is making tourism more sustainable, more cultural as well, I guess. Do you think? Do you think literature can promote more of a sustainable tourism? I think um, somehow maybe tourism and traveling, it's kind of going out of control. Mm. And it's hard because we've seen now more cities like taking these decisions of putting taxes for travelers and tourism and uh, cruisers. Taxes, you say? Sorry? Again? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Did you say taxes? Yeah, taxes. Ah, okay. Yes, they're, put, they, they're putting these taxes for, for tourism and travelers and sometimes even cruisers uh, because a lot of cities mainly European cities are being like uh, overtaken by tourism. So of course they, they have like, uh, I, I control I'm, it maybe, no? Yeah. For controlling it because there are lots and lots, sometimes even millions of tourists in a year and all the buildings and all the streets and all the services that can, that a city can provide are being over overwhelmed because mm -hmm. of all these people, most of the cities it don't even have like the infrastructure to handle all these kind of people. So they need like an, an income from taxes to continue offering some services and continue like taking care of these places and these streets. Yeah. Because it's in some places it's like kind of out of control. So I, I don't know if it can be so sustainable, but I think culture is getting into the reasons why people travel and that's important and that's like something that we can we should uh, perceive and and be grateful of because it's yeah. not just like uh, traveling for shopping or traveling to just meet some places but they are also getting to know like local cultures mm -hmm. and even literature and even so so you can visit mexico city and there's these museums about frida Kahlo that were the their former houses. Yeah. So you you go to Coyoacan and in the first hour of the morning there's already like, there's already like sixty people waiting in line to enter to the Casa Azul of Frida Kahlo. Mm -hmm. And also you go to San Angel and there's this house that where she lived with Diego Rivera and there's also like a line of people to visit. And you go to uh, the 
downtown in Mexico City and there's the uh, the anthropological uh, areas and there's also like people in line for it. And most of these people comes from from other places, not not from Mexico, but from other countries. And I think that's like something we should uh, applaud because it's important for people to know these cultures, not just to go to one country and take a picture and yeah. uh, go to the famous places, but to get to know what happened there before, some of the history, some of the... But then... Uh, yeah. yeah, then then I'm I'm conflicted with this with this idea because at some point, I mean, the eco tax and the tourism tax tax I understand. I mean, I've, I've worked because I work in the travel industry. I I I understand why they put the the taxes for tourism. They do it everywhere, like uh, all around the world. Every country has it. Normally, you don't see it because it's also embedded in your flight ticket, uh, and some places have them in their in their hotels and accommodation. And I understand yeah. that because, as you said, like. Tourism is growing incredibly. It's a bit of a monster, right? So right. it's 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 getting over the carrying capacity a city has to provide infrastructure for a tourism industry and just promoting mass tourism. But then I see it like, for example, these movies that are sort of, they were in trend a couple of years ago. I don't know if what was the last one, but it's, it's Woody Allen's, you know, like Vicky, Cristina Barcelona or Rome and all these movies that, And I guess the, 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 even the city council, I think they, they pay a little bit to produce the movies to encourage yeah. people to come. And when I think, for example, Barcelona, Barcelona is, it's insane. You can't even walk, you know, in the Ramblas anymore. It's just full of tourism. And then they promote this movie to bring more tourism. But then all the people, the locals are tired of tourism. They've been tired for the last 20 years. And it's just this continuous, like, bring people, bring people, but then it's actually not enjoyable anymore because it's full on. Right. So it's, it's, it's these complications of, of, I guess, the, the thin line between people wanting to travel for culture because obviously you want to go to Barcelona and see, you know, all these beautiful masterpieces oh, and Dalís right. and... <coughs> sorry. And Picassos and Miros and everything. But then on the other side, is everybody wants to experience that. So it's just so, so, much, so many people... In Barcelona, you know, so it's yeah. it's those two signs of 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 consumption, consuming sorry, a, a city that's been portrayed portrayed in a movie that was carefully created for that because even though there was a story before, they actually made made it to become these icons, you know, or or Midnight in Paris, for example, that's the other one. Yeah. Uh, And it's like these incredible cities have already the tourism. Why promote it even more if if you're not if you're seeing that you can't really stay or or protect your city? I don't know. Maybe that's why they haven't made a movie about Venezia, you know, because Venezia is like in a really terrible position. They can't handle more tourism. Uh, so I don't know. In one side, it's like it's great that people are traveling because of culture, and I do agree with you. And this is something that I like to do at the end of the podcasts. Uh, which we might be coming into, um, is actually encourage people to go and travel. And, and you know, if, 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 if you guys like a book and you want to go somewhere that the book was telling, about, telling you about or a movie and then it became a movie or it was just a movie and there wasn't a book, but fiction, like you said, encouraged you to go to a place, then, yeah, try and see as much culture as you can. Like culture, culture, not... Not, you know, not this idea of just 
yeah, I went there and I talked to three people. No, like actually, who was this famous painter? Who was this famous, I don't know, um, person that was there and he grew up there and he made these amazing contributions to humankind, you know? Um, yeah, I guess it's just encouraging people to do more of a culture, culture tourism, cultural tourism instead of a massive one. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to get there because we don't have like the education to be a good tourist or a good traveler. Uh, I think you just follow mainly what some people did before you and also you follow your heart and you say maybe I, I should go to Japan and I should uh, see how it's there and if it's like the movies and all the anime. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to know how or why this country is so exquisite and so strange and so mysterious but then you get there and you behave like you've been behaving the whole life in the in your occidental way of life mm -hmm. and then you get to realize that some of, of the things you you know as as your everyday things and your everyday actions can be rude in japan but you you didn't know that before you travel so a, a tourist or a traveler is being educated by traveling itself yeah completely there's, there's nothing else that can uh prepare you to be enough uh like educated to be in maybe islamic countries or this uh, or in japan or some asian cultures that are very different from like occidental ones western ones sorry yeah and uh, it's all right. So it's hard, I think. So people cannot know most of the times, even with all the information available in the internet, people cannot know how they should behave or in Marrakesh, for example, or maybe in some Indian uh, like cities. Yeah. We should we should learn more, we should study more before traveling because I think that's a way you can't you can help. Uh, not being rude, not being over uh, disrespectful, like, I guess. Yeah with the, the local culture and also to know maybe if Venice is already like overflowed with tourists, maybe you should you should wait a bit and visit some other cities if you can, because there's already been like damage to the city and maybe being there is won't change your life if you can wait for a couple of years and you can go to other places that are not being explored and are not, not, be, not, are not being exploited in a tourist kind of way. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea, I, I guess. I mean, then again, people want to travel and experience before they close, you know. There's there's this rumor every year, you know, that they're going to close Machu Picchu for a while so that, so that yeah. you know, they can kind of balance out the current capacity of the, of the site for tourism. They've never closed it, obviously. They won't. And they have just installed these different regulations for people to go there. Like, you, you go on a on a slots, you know, time slots. So you go in the morning for two hours and then if you leave the park, you can go in, in again. And they have all these new regulations to make sure that the carrying capacity is not overwhelmed. But then, like, I would understand why somebody would say like, oh, I really want to go to Machu Picchu before they close the site. Right. But then again, what you say is very important. Why don't, why don't go to a place that is not easily explored? And, and that way, maybe economy can be more even in a way and then yeah especially now that everybody wants to go to this authentic place and experience something that nobody else has experienced guys do that be <laughs> be authentic and and 
and just um, original and do something that no one else has ever done by visiting places that are not very touristy. Maybe that's a very that's a very cool way to travel, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's always something new to learn and something new to see. Mm-hmm. It's hard because if you Google any city, maybe in the world, any big city, you even can travel it just using like Google Maps or Google Earth. Yeah. But I guess if you don't know anything about some city, maybe in Mexico, we have like tons of little towns that not even Mexicans visit, right? You just go there if you have a friend that's been there or a family family member that lives there or been there. But there are places that remain like unknown. Yeah. But also you can find like great jewels there because for example, in Mexico, even if you go to a very, very small town, you may find like exquisite food and maybe you can find these uh, archaeological sites that have not been explored. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. There's lo- lots of things to do and lots of way of uh, getting to know a culture and getting to know some civilizations and not in the bigger, in the bigger and most touristic cities. But at the same time, I guess the cities and the governments invest a lot in getting tourists to their countries and to some cities so you just get to what you hear and what you know so if if everything talks about visiting Mexico City and then you see this James Bond movie that it's set in Mexico City the first scene oh, and then you I don't know you just have this all like this bombing of images of Mexico City. Maybe the first thing you may do when you want to travel to Mexico is thinking about Mexico City or visiting Cancun, that is like a place very known by foreigners, right? Yeah. But uh, but I think if you get to read a little more and you get to uh, investigate a little more and search, uh, you can get to know better places, different ways of approaching life, maybe better food. So I, I guess yeah. it's really important to just not go to the places that everybody goes, not the bigger cities, but to look something else where you can also enjoy the local culture and the food and the beverages and everything, and not just uh, overcrowding some city that will be at risk of being closed as Machu Picchu or as, or as Venice, because all the flow of tourists that go there every year and that in certain ways damage the the buildings and in certain ways they affect the life of the people that live their their normal lives right yeah definitely definitely i guess i guess there's no there's no education like you said travelers are not educated because there's no no such thing as traveling education uh, but yeah maybe yeah i think the the most important thing as well as other topics in other episodes is more like if you're interested in going to one place research about it the way is the culture what you can see what you can do um try to make the best out of your experience by actually educating yourself about the place obviously 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 always respecting the local culture because that's that's the most important thing i think um we're gonna have to say to 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 cut this um soon because we're running out of time but just um any any more recommendations or what what books would you recommend for those wanting to embark in a literature influence journey? I have this book. Of, uh, I have two books in mind. 
Yeah. Wonderful the Brazilian writer I told you before, Chico Buarque. Uh-huh. The name is Budapest. Budapest. And the great thing about this book is that uh, the story is set in Rio de Janeiro and Budapest. But the writer made this book without ever ever being in Budapest. So oh. all he knew about it was things someone, some people told him, places he researched, but never been there actually uh, after finishing the book. So hmm. it's like, it's an interesting way to know Budapest because that book was a recommendation that a friend made to me. She was from Budapest and she was amazed that the writer could describe the city perfectly without being there ever. So it's wow. a, a nice way to travel from books and even traveling without being in a, like knowing a place, right? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I should read that. Yeah, it's, it's a really great book. Okay. Um, and the other one? I guess I have one book uh, of a Colombian writer whose name is Santiago Gamboa. Uh-huh. It's called uh, the Ulysses Syndrome. Ah, and I read that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great book. And I think it's important because it talks about uh, immigrants mm -hmm. living in Paris. So you get a glimpse of Paris, but not from the Champs-Élysées or the Eiffel Tower, but mm -hmm. from the, I, I could say, the alleys and the back streets. It's like uh, the lower world of Paris where the poor immigrants live and where they work and how they make the city and I think it's important because it's related a lot with what we've been talking yeah because it's how people approach a place that they don't know and that they have to uh, get used to it and that they have like like no rights because they are illegal immigrants mostly mm -hmm. but you can get like a glimpse of how people from different places of the world get to live in a major city and how they uh, how they try to survive there because it's like difficult and I think when traveling you can you should have this approach too because you're getting to an unknown, unknown place but also you have to get to know how the people there is as we said before how they live and at the same time you can be like it happens a lot now in, in United States You can be discriminated because how you speak or what you speak. You can be discriminated because you look different, because you come from another country. And even if you are traveling with money and even if you're traveling with uh, all the good vibes and all these uh, like uh, good ideas about some place, you may find with a lot of hatred. So it's good to know that there's like a lot of approaches on on people and on races and mm -hmm. as as you should respect them you also have to be prepared to be like not welcomed be, <laughs> yeah you shouldn't be uh, criticized by your skin color but maybe you can be and you should know how to confront this without violence also right because yeah. it's it's not a thing of being violent so that book is it's important and also get, gets you another glimpse of how paris is but not from the mainly famous spots I, I, I like it a lot yeah it, it was a good book I remember I read it um, yeah awesome that's really good recommendations I will definitely look into Budapest if people want to read something different and not the best sellers that we're normally used to I think those are two good good 
good recommendation recommendations um okay so we are gonna have to say goodbye we're over the time but thank you so much for for joining us today fabian really appreciate all the remarks you've done and i think yeah i think it's just the commodification of culture is in tourism industry is just for me is one of the most interesting topics especially when we're talking about cultural heritage um right. as you guys in the blog may be aware i've been talking about it lately a lot um but yeah i guess if, if traveling for the purpose of going to a place because of the influence a book has made in, has made to you or a movie uh at least it really it's really nice to see that people are still trying to get in touch with the magic that fiction creates so that way it's a very Yeah, positive travel, I guess. Yep. <clears throat> Thank you for inviting me, and I'm glad we could get to talk about topics that are also important to me, as it is travel and culture, and of course books. Yeah. Uh, if I can make some uh, recommendation for your listeners, yeah, I would say if you want to travel and you don't have the means to it, get a book mm. because it's like a, a very easy way to travel and a very interesting way to travel. And if you get the resources, then travel more, but be always respectful and get information about the place you're going. Go like out of your comfort zone and try the food, try the different places, not not just like the the main restaurants that they're all around the world, like McDonald's or Starbucks. Yeah, of course. Go not. out there and and really, really, really get to know the culture that you're visiting because even if it's really near to you or even if it's something completely different you will be able to learn something and to enjoy life in different ways so of course travel but do it in a respectful and in an intelligent way exactly exactly those are very good recommendations thank you so much fabian thank you anna I hope you enjoyed the episode today and our discussion on cultural heritage and literature tourism. Uh, we really want to hear about what you think and your thoughts. So get in touch. We're on social media. You can find us on Instagram, that Wonder Chick, or Facebook. And the blog has a wide range of articles that might interest you as well. So visit us www.impetuhop.com. Thank you and we hope you enjoy our next episode which uh, will be on Cuba's political tourism and recognition of a second or third motherland which is a very different topic I guess. Uh, thank you again and I hope you enjoy the season.